It was a game, a night, an atmosphere for the ages on Saturday in West Virginia's 17-6 win over Pitt. We talk all about it here on the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Wesley Shoemaker, joined by Patrick Canal, back to you with another episode of the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. The Mountaineers did it. They did it uh, shorthanded. They did it at home. They did it in a crazy, crazy atmosphere. Um, and they beat Pitt in the 106th Backyard Brawl. So just your overall reaction, first off, Patrick, before we kind of get into the uh, nitty-gritty of the win for West Virginia. Um, kind of just a sigh of relief, uh, see Neil Brown get victory that, you know, for five years, he's kind of needed a win like that of that stature of that nature in an atmosphere like that. So to see him finally get that and bring one home for the Mountaineers, just a big sigh of relief. Yeah. Let's, let's get going first with how this game kind of started, um, it it didn't look great early, I think, <laughs> safe to say. Uh, the Mountaineers went three and out, and then Pitt goes down 11 plays, 67 yards, the West Virginia three. Uh, the last play was a field goal. The 10, prior, 10 plays prior, excuse me, were all runs, and they ran it down West Virginia's throat, and I thought to myself, I was like, oh, man, if they run the ball like this, it's going to be a long night. Mountaineers hold them to three, and then two plays later, uh, Garrett Green has a quarterback keeper. He hurts himself, um, gets rolled up, bone bruise, ankle sprain, something along those lines. We'll find out more Monday. Um, and then it was the Nico Markiel show from that point on. So before we get into Nico, let's just talk a little bit about Garrett. Um, it seemed as though he was eligible to return he just couldn't physically do it which i think is a good sign it going forward meaning there's no serious structural damage anywhere um on that ankle foot leg whatever you want to call it there um i think that's the biggest positive out of it all um but he's the heartbeat of your team we knew this we talked about this um, so it sucked to see him go down, obviously, but it was also good to see the guys rally around Nico and, uh, no matter how ugly some of it was from him and the game, the West Virginia got the win and they did it without Garrett green for all, but a series and a half. So I think, as you said, major props to Neil Brown and company, major props to that offensive staff, um, and big props to that offensive line too, for kind of, uh, paving the way. Yeah. I mean. You know, people talk about C.J. Donaldson and Zach Frazier. Those two seem to be, especially Saturday night, the heart of that offense. Um, you got Zach Frazier is one of the best centers in the country, and you have C.J. Donaldson as one of the best young running backs in the country, kind of just doing what he can. I mean, 18 carries, 102 yards, averaging almost six yards a carry, had one touchdown. Um and then Jalen Anderson was able to come in when CJ needed a break and 19 carries, 62 yards. That's those are the things you're going to want out of a backup running back. And then you had Nico, everyone rallied around him and Nico did what was asked, what was asked of him. Uh, nine attempts completed six of them had one touchdown pass, 
know, he did, they did what was asked of them. Let's be real with ourselves. Nico did not play the greatest, cleanest game. Um, I think it was his first throw. He went over the middle and it was high and it wasn't, it wasn't accurate. And it was into like, it was just a poor read. Um, and then he obviously had the fumble on the snap where he tried to hand it off and it was kind of a botched handoff between him and CJ. Uh, but then the defense was able to have his back, which was huge. If you think about it in the grand scheme of things, the Mountaineers, they kind of got, they got blessed with a couple of those interceptions. It was, they didn't have to move a couple of times right to them. Aubrey Burks, big time. You even called it. I think, I think you said mm-hmm. waiting on Aubrey Burks to make a big time play. He made a mm-hmm. big time play. Um, and then after that opening drive, West Virginia only allowed three points the remainder of the game, which is pretty darn good. And after that opening drive, Pitt would only rush for 63 more yards, averaging 2.4 yards per carry the remainder of the game after averaging 6.7 yards per carry on the first drive. So that's kind of where the game was won and lost for me is on the defensive side of the ball, which if you backtrack six, seven days here, we were talking about the defense as the liability in all of this. We were mm-hmm. talking about the defense as the question mark. Now, let's be completely brutally honest. Pitt is not a juggernaut of an offense. I think that was proven. Um, Phil Jerkovic struggled, uh, to say say the least. Um, his numbers weren't pretty. Nothing about him seemed like he was real comfortable last night. Um, and that's that's played into West Virginia's hand and it played Mm -hmm. into that secondary's hand and it played into that defensive line's hand who really got after him, but you got to give credit to uh, where credit is due. And then with that defense, they gave up three points after that first possession. Um, And in that second half, they were great across the board. Yeah. I mean, that whole game, it didn't really seem like Phil Jerkovich had much of a clean pocket. Someone was almost always getting into that backfield to get him. Um, But then the other thing we talked about was, you know, the guy went 10 of 32 last week and this week he went eight of 20, but we said they're going to be should have picks in this game and they can't be should have picks. They have to be picks. And even though they were thrown right to them, they ended up being picks. Um, Malachi Ruffin, his pick to pretty much end the game was unbelievable. I don't know how he came down with that ball. It, for me on that last one, if I could, I couldn't tell who was in front there, but I really thought the whoever was cutting the route was going to catch it and house call it, and I thought that place would have erupted at that point. But that's besides the yeah. point. But yeah, you're right. Like this defense had a lot to prove, and I think they overall, for the most part, proved it. Like Pitt, four of thirteen on third down, zero of two on fourth down. Um, they were two of two in the red zone, but they didn't get a red zone touchdown. They didn't score a touchdown. Like that's really, really, really good. Um, Just looking, looking at like, just looking through some of the stats, like 211 total yards um, that you held pit to while your offense wasn't great for West Virginia. Like that's a really good play by your defense. And I think mm-hmm. we have to acknowledge that, but I think it now turns to of Texas tech. Isn't some, no name offense like those boys can can throw the ball around the yard and score a lot of points and not a lot of time so i think the real test the real answer of does these promotion demotion schematic changes this that 
are they going to work? I think that gets answered here on Saturday against Texas Tech. Yeah, it's, you know, we kind of talked about we're not after Penn State. We didn't really know the identity of this West Virginia team. And we have a much better idea of it now, but Texas Tech will really, really kind of show that identity. But going into that game, it's going to be nice. You know, we got we got to see Trey Lathan play on Saturday, and Trey Lathan looked great. Um, Lee Koba, again, just he's Lee Koba. He's, he's doing everything for that defense back there. But Saturday is going to be the real eye-opener and give this team an identity for the rest of the season. Yeah, let's let's talk about that identity. I mean, let's say Garrett can't play, right? Mountaineers passed the ball a total of 11 times against Pitt. They ran the ball 51 times. 51. So that's like I think you and me we even said like have this offensive line take over and bully people. Like mm-hmm. they did exactly that. Wyatt Milam was burying dudes into the turf last night um zach frazier he was all over the field like all those guys across the board were playing with that fire with that intensity now another part of that is i don't want to see a letdown for the mountaineers i don't want to see them have this emotional crazy win abc come back and just throw out a dud so i think this week is super important for that reason because if you're trying to build, 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 it sucks when you have to take a big step forward and then you just take another step back. So can mm-hmm. we see this team take not just this step forward with Pitt, but build on and get another win in a step forward against Texas Tech, a team that Neil Brown has yet to beat? I think that's really interesting to see, and we're going to have to see how this team handles this new week of after winning a big game, coming back, and then having to do it all over again against a really good Texas Tech team. Yeah, I mean, even though Texas Tech lost two Wyoming to open the season, they are still they're still not a pushover team, especially in this conference. Um, they played Oregon really close in week two, and I mean, they're gonna come Oregon Town same way they've come to Morgan Town since we joined, and they are going to put up a fight, and you're gonna have to fight back. I think um I think it's gonna be interesting for sure. But back to Pitt, back to Pitt for now. Um let's let's talk about Nico a little bit. Uh we, we talked about him briefly. Overall, I'd say I would give him if I had to grade him, I'd give him a B. I just think that he did what he had to do to win the game. And mm-hmm. I think Neil Brown put it best of he didn't lose West Virginia the game. Um the fumble wasn't great. That's a red zone turnover can't have those however um he stepped up a couple times made a big throw to Devin Carter across the middle um ran for I think it was like a seven six seven yard rush on third down to pick up a key first down there and he did all the things that he had to do to keep West Virginia in the game and when they were playing with the lead there in the second half he didn't try and force anything too crazy. He took what the defense gave him, and he trusted the playmakers around him. I think that's that's what you got to do, especially when you're thrust into that situation. And it's hard. Like we we all get that. We all fully recognize that being the backup quarterback 
And then in the second series, you're like, oh my God, this is my game now. Like that's not an easy thing to do, especially when you're not getting all the reps and you're not doing all this at practice. So props to Nico for battling. Um, When he had to throw the ball, it was kind of a hold your breath, I feel like at times, but Mm -hmm. Uh, he got the job done. So we can't we can't just keep trying to search for all these negatives when the positive is staring us at us in the face, I think. So I think we yeah. have to take the positive for what it is, and that is he played winning football for three and a half quarters on Saturday night and helped West Virginia beat Pitt. Yeah, it's the play that stood out to me was I think it was um towards the end of the fourth quarter, um, inside the pit 20 in the red zone. Uh, they ran play action. They had the tight end open towards the back of the end zone, but you had Nico rolling out to his right, and it would have been a crossbody throw. The guy was wide open, but it's a crossbody throw. You have a defender coming right at you, and Nico just held on to it instead of trying to force it, um, and it ended up being a no-gain play. But then we kept the ball. The clock kept running, and then Jalen Anderson runs it, and – gives Pitt a minute 12 left to drive all the way down the field to try and even make it a one possession game. So that was one thing that stood out to me. And I think that play was mostly just, we don't have the plays drawn up for a left-handed QB. They're drawn up for Garrett or right-handed QB. And that's just what that play came down to. But seeing Nico be able to hold on to it, be disciplined was something that really stood out to me. I also think the play calling from Neil Brown was really, really, uh, was really good. I just think mm-hmm. that he managed Nico really, really well. Mm-hmm. And overall, when you're having to manage a guy like that and you're having a sophomore quarterback in that situation, like you just you have to keep it simple. And he definitely did keep it simple. He said he got rid of his call sheet, kind of just had four, five, six, seven plays here that he was trusting going back to, back to, back to. And that worked and mm-hmm. it worked also because your running game was like awesome as you said mm-hmm. but it also worked because your defense was awesome um yeah let's let's get into the defense a little bit three interceptions which i think we had a little over under here at the beginning of the year of four and a half interceptions that we over did. has hit through three games so props to the west virginia secondary they have more interceptions through three games this year than they did all of 2022 which i mean awesome like great like yeah let's go like that's awesome like that's a good building piece um but three interceptions i think is 66 yards of return on those five tackles for a loss one sack that defensive line was getting after pit there was i think three or four third or fourth and shorts where it was a different guy every time that just shot through whether it was tommy or mike lockhart like they just shot through the middle of that offensive line and it was like, whoa, you shot out of a cannon and they got a tackle for loss or they got a no gain. Like there was that, I feel like over and over again. And it wasn't from the same guy, which was very refreshing. And I know, I think both of us kind of had question marks surrounding how are this, how's this rotation going to work? What's it, what's this flow going to be like? It's working. You've got first string guys that are getting after the quarterback and the running backs. You've got second string guys that are doing the same thing. So they're pushing all the right buttons up front. And I think that that came full circle for them last night. Yeah. I mean, the defense did their job um, on two of those picks. The first one, 
set WVU up right in right inside pitch 10. Aubrey Burks gets the pick and takes it back to the seven, takes one play to get a touchdown. The next one, you get the ball and you're inside, you're on the pit 30. So they gave WVU short fields to work with and West Virginia was able to capitalize on them and put points on the board. But then, yeah, like you said, every on third and fourth down, it seemed like somebody different was shooting into that backfield, whether it was to get a tackle for a loss on the running back or put pressure on Phil Jerkovich, make him make a throw he wasn't comfortable with, make him get outside the pocket. Um, everyone just played played their hearts out on that defensive line. And I think even late in the game, like in the fourth quarter, West Virginia went punt, turnover on downs, turnover on downs, interception as their four as their own like they 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 saw the field four times in the fourth quarter. Those were the four end results of their defensive possessions, which that's pretty freaking good for that unit. And mm-hmm. we're we're gonna obviously have to glass half full, I guess, of or glass half empty of well, can they do it against better competition? But we also have to recognize that they still did it. And I think that's the biggest uh biggest thing for them. Um more on special teams. Oliver Straw, he played. Um, he was obviously dealing with that foot ankle issue from the Duquesne game. He had that really good punt inside the two, inside the one. Um, it was really good coverage. You could tell he kind of waited um a second and then was able to kind of kick it down. He also waited a little long there in the second half. Pitt was able to get a hand on a punt, on a block punt. That's obviously not what you want. I'm sure head coach Neil Brown will say something about that on Monday. But just overall final thoughts for me is this is this is a big win for Neil Brown. Um, you mm-hmm. mentioned it in the opening. Um, I'll mention it here again. I'm, he's It's no secret he's got to win football games. And that's the biggest win of his career at WVU. Um, yeah, he's beaten a couple top 25 teams. Yeah, you could say that Tech win in 2021, but that Tech team fell off the map. Like, the way last year's game ended against Pitt, to come out with your backup quarterback at home, all the pressure in the world, that national spotlight, and for you to do what you did with those guys and have them ready to go, um, that that really stood out to me. And I think that... Another thing that stood out to me is just the overall discipline of his football team. Uh, four penalties. One was the pretty not great penalty from CJ Donaldson of taking his helmet off. Like you just can't do that. Mm-hmm. But on, on the flip side, Pitt had nine penalties. So uh, that's it's it's showing growth, and I think you're starting to see the some level of upward trend with this group. It's now mm-hmm. of does that upward trend get to stay, and can we keep this going? through Texas Tech, through TCU, because once you get past TCU, you kind of get a schedule for it. Like, if we're being honest, like you get Houston on a Thursday night, then you get Oklahoma State, who just got rolled by South Alabama, then you're going to UCF, who you don't know what they're going to be like quarterback situation right now, and then Mm -hmm. you get BYU at home, Okay, you have to travel to Oklahoma, and then you get Cincinnati. Like those are all winnable-ish games. Yeah, probably besides Oklahoma. That like I would say West Virginia has a shot, a true shot in all of those, except Oklahoma and UCF quarterback dependent right now. So, like, you've got to keep keep building. And if if we're being honest, I think you and I both would have 
fully signed up for this team being three and one after Texas Tech. And yeah. I don't care if it was 17 to six. I don't care if it was 31 30. I don't care if it was 100 to zero. West Virginia got the win. And mm-hmm. that's all that matters because, as Neil Brown put it, we can win ugly. We can play ugly ball. They sure as heck played ugly ball. Um, it wasn't pretty at times, but defense in the run game was fantastic. And that's what won them uh, the backyard brawl this year. Yeah, it's the thing we talked about coming into this season was the discipline. Um, you know, the last couple of years, the false starts in the offensive line had been an issue. I haven't seen, really seen that yet this year. Um, they also they controlled the clock like we said they needed to do on Saturday. Um, but, but yeah, after you get net, after you get past Texas Tech and TCU, that schedule that schedule does get easier. You know, after seeing what some of these teams have done, Houston hasn't looked great. Oklahoma State really hasn't looked great. But if you can just build off of this and then just keep taking it into the next week and go from there, you're looking at a successful season for Neil Brown and company. And it starts with one game at a time, obviously. Um, yes. And that starts with Texas Tech. But I got to give credit to the fans as well. They they packed that place and they were loud and crazy. And I am actually 100% shocked that they played Sweet Caroline at the end of the third quarter. I was very honest. I was honestly like super surprised they did that. I didn't think <laughs> they would do it. They haven't really embraced the ESP um and in recent years but they're starting to i think like sort of come around on that which is interesting uh but i think that's a conversation for another day uh but overall good win a win's a win with your backup quarterback it's an even better win and a win against Pitt, it doesn't get much better than that for the mountaineers so you got anything else uh no i don't so uh Win's a win. Mountaineers win the 106th Backyard Brawl 17-6. to If you made it this far, we do appreciate you listening. We will come back to you later this week, probably Wednesday, Thursday, Friday-ish, between probably Thursday. Let's, I'd guess Thursday. It's when it comes out for our Texas Tech rundown and preview. Keep it locked for all news. Uh, injury update coming Monday around noon, 1 p.m. on quarterback Garrett Green. Um, and keep it locked on bluegoldsports.com as well as our social media channels. So for Wesley Shoemaker, joined by Patrick Renau, this is the Blue Gold Sports Podcast.